Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone. I'm Keith Ewan, and this is the BT Sport MotoGP podcast. Today, I'm joined by yep, Neil Hodson and Julian Ryder at Mugello ahead of round six of the season. Hello, boys. This is going to be interesting, isn't it? New signings. In the end, um, it all went just about how we were expecting. Yeah, I don't want to just say, you know, I told you so, but we did. We, but we, you no, do. But, no, but, but we all had agreed. We'd said, uh, you know, going through them, that Danny Pedroza felt, let's go start on him. We'd, we'd sort of said from day one, Honda would be a fool to get rid of him. And the, the big question that we'd all we'd said in the higher cars in, on, on one of our hundredth conversations about this one subject, if you get rid of Danny Pedroza, who can do the same job as him or better? For me, though, forget about that, Jules. If I can bring you into this, it's a, it's a situation where will Danny regret, if it was a possibility, will he regret it? I always thought Lorenzo will have regretted not going to Ducati. Could we say the same about the career of Danny? Very good question. They're two very different characters. And Danny has been with Honda since he was 13 years old, effectively. Um, it's some loyalty on both sides, from Honda who think they're in a world championship, frankly, and from Danny himself. I just, looking at the people involved and the scene behind Danny, I would have been quite shocked if he'd gone. I wish he had done. I want to see him on a Yamaha. I think that's three of us then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I wish he'd gone. And what, a, what an adversary he would have been with Valentino Rossi. Well, Valentino well, Rossi uh, you know, would have had a major problem, I think, with Danny Pedroza on a Yamaha. His style on that bike. What do you think, Neil? Well, no, it, I mean, it's, it's, we'll never know which, and that's the frustrating part. No, I know, obviously, I'm here to give an opinion. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like Danny. I don't know. I think, I think Valentino would have just had him round his little finger. Danny Pedroza is still one of the four fastest people on this earth. Okay, on that note, let's move on, shall we? Because th that's the note I wanted to finish on. I yeah. rate Danny quite highly as well. No, so, so, and, so and do I. Right. We're not going to see him on the... On the on the uh, Yamaha Which style. is a shame. We're agreed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next thing. How much did Lorenzo have in the um, second man signing at Ducati, do you think? How much influence did he have in that? Plenty. Well, according to him today in the press conference, zero. He, he said that before. Uh, yes, yes, well, no, yes, I know. Yes. I know. I'm, just, I'm only telling you what he <laughs> Look, said. You should know better than to listen to riders. <laughs> yeah, How well, many times have I told you? No, I know. No. <laughs> Especially the one sat next to you. What, what's, oh, that's uh, with a Y. <laughs> what, what's interesting is the fact that he said he didn't. But we'd heard off Davide Tardotsa, the team manager, three weeks ago back in Jerez that it was what, what, whatever, he, whatever wants. he wants. So <laughs> yeah. so what do you think about that? I mean, Dovi over Ian One. Ian One was clearly the man. I know he chucks it away a fair bit at the moment. He's blotted his copybook. Can you imagine how he must feel? That contract was on the table, all but signed. Now it's not. It was due to be signed in Texas. It was picked up, ripped up and thrown away. 
What about the Suzuki signing then for Ian O'Neill? I reckon that's a brilliant. Good move. Brilliant, brilliant for Suzuki, and actually brilliant for Ian O'Neill yes. because he's a, an incredible rider. Is he's, he's well, I was saying today, I can't think who I was saying it to, but he's, he's <laughs> almost <eight>. yourself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, you two, don't pick on me because it's my first podcast. All right, just let me just ease me into it, please. Um, what was I saying? No, yeah. <laughs> I said, I said, Ian O'Neill is almost an alien. He's not quite. Oh, I tell you, I was uh, I was talking to Matt Oxley about it, and uh, I know it wasn't Matt Oxley, so I've, I've, sorry. Oh, I've got and we off. can't re-record I've, these, you know. You've, no, yeah, no, you've got live, no, that's, live. What, no, that's what's good about these podcasts. <laughs> it was Matt Burt actually. So and uh, and Matt Burt came out with a point. He said, "Yeah, I see what you're saying, Neil. He's almost an alien, but if you think about this, in the last five races, he's crashed three times, and he said in the last probably forty races, Lorenzo's crashed three times." And yeah. that's the difference between an alien and a non-alien. Yes, and he's got the speed, but he isn't fully-fledged alien. clearly, Argentina and other things, and some people will say France, showed us he is crucially lacking in clear thinking at the times when you need it. Agreed. You can't okay. disagree with that. What yeah, about go. the man that he replaces then, Vinales? He had that kind of that moral... moral attachment to Suzuki because they brought him on and he's done very, very well on the on the MotoGP bike. But, of course, the Yamaha contract was dangled in front of him. He couldn't go any other it way. He couldn't go anywhere. Everybody said it. And uh, Suzuki said, yes, we had an option on him, but we're not going to exercise an option and keep a rider against his will. What's the point in that? There is none, and quite often they don't, do they? Uh, particularly Suzuki. A lot of rumours around Suzuki at the moment as well. This third bike syndrome, Julian, what you dug up well, this week? Well, yeah, because I... I, I if I could have a trumpet toot, I had a long chat with Yanoni's manager in Le Mans, and we said on air, I think, uh, that yeah, Yanoni will be Suzuki, or he's uh, pretty the only other offer he had on the table with a large paycheck. Uh, but the third Suzuki, for Lucio Cecchinello to run, he wants to get out of Hondas, wouldn't you? Yes. It's the worst <laughs> bike on the grid at the moment. For Johan Zarco well, to ride, paid for by um, Suzuki France. The question is, can Suzuki Japan run a third bike? That was the next question I was about to ask you, and you almost answered it, because Suzuki is the smallest operation from an R&D department point of view, and, and bringing another third to the, to the table is a big deal for a little company. If somebody's signing the cheque, maybe it'll make life easier. The only time I can think of three Suzukis during Moto Grand Prix was when Ben Spees was run as a wild card at Indy. And they used the test team. Oh, and they were faster than the factory team. But I think we'll gloss over that. Any other rumours around the paddock this week so far? Uh, we've got the Crutchlow syndrome. Uh, he was casting his net all over the place last time I looked. Um, he, he got his name out trying to find himself another ride. You mentioned Lucio Cecinello a moment ago, the man that he actually rides for right now. Of course, they all want a competitive motorbike, Lucio Cecinello, purely and simply because he needs to bring in the sponsors. He needs to bring in the money. If he gets a Suzuki, of course, there'll only be one of them. That'll be a one-rider team, not a two. And that will be Johan Zarco. But the, it seems the, the feeling in the paddock is that Cal would probably stay there at, at uh, Lucio's. And what's your feeling? I don't think he will. That's what people I'm talking to are saying that. I'm, I'm not. I'm just thinking on both sides, just speaking to Cal, I just know the way, some of the things he's said. He's not out and out said anything, you know, like, oh, I'm definitely leaving. He would never talk like that. But he just said some things negative about the team a little bit. I think he's a bit sick of it really and I think on the other side maybe they're a little bit frustrated you know four crashes in five races 
last year was a tough season, really. It didn't go according to plan. And this year was always the second year on the Honda was hopefully yeah. going to be better. And it's obviously not been. Well, he's had a lot of factory and satellite rides at the end of the day. What are his options? What would be his options, Julian, do you think? <sighs> I'm not altogether sure. And I, I'm with Neil. And, and it's my feeling is that he won't, you know, it, it'll be difficult for him to keep that ride. And if, and if Suzuki France are waving a checkbook about... Yeah, well, he's, he's openly said he doesn't want to go to World Superbike, so... I, <laughs> so he will, then? <laughs> well, well, yeah, you can't rule against that, but he's open, openly said that, so I don't think he'd want to embarrass himself by then going to, you know, back on his word, but yeah, what are his other options? What do you think, Keith? Bradley's set at KTM, can't see him going alongside there as a Brit. We've got Sam Lowe's already signed on for Aprilia, um, so I can't see another Brit going in there at the moment, so I think, uh, you know, retirement is always an option, but one I hope we don't see with Cal, even, you know, it's... It's a very, he's in it for the first time in a very difficult managerial position, isn't he? I mean, you're a manager. You know what it's like. I mean, around this paddock, it's so tight at the moment. Well, sorry, you mentioned the word manager. And it, it's at this point in, in his, the season, well, was it two weeks ago, he, he's, he's sort of part of companies from his management company. So he's essentially managing himself at this moment in time as well, in the most difficult point in his, his career. It's really difficult. And now the major rides are all tied up. I mean, we're beginning a two-year cycle again now. You, you're not even going on Pramac, are you? Because nope. you can't see Reading. Reading has got a two-year contract. With the factory. With the factory. And Petrucci's going to go nowhere. Absolutely not. No, they love him. And obviously his contract's, I think. Which is why I mentioned the word retirement. But uh, let's move on, shall we? The I can't imagine him retiring, though. Neither but, can I. But, uh, but, because but, he's, he's too good. But, too but, yeah, I'm say, but, but, but the, the options are running no, out as, yeah. we, uh, as we talk. And that's what you tend to find at this time. Between now and Barcelona, everything's going to be shut down. It's, yeah. it, this now is the, the... All the main rides are now pretty much in place. Now we're going to see everybody filling in the gap. It's yeah. the, the second string level of riders. I don't mean that disrespectful, but it's but they're slotting into place quickly, aren't but they? What it means is the second KTM ride, the second Aprilia ride, suddenly become very, very attractive jobs. Yeah. All this, looking forward to 2017, of course, and we've actually got a championship going on at the moment that uh, most people are ignoring this week, it would seem, and quite a lively one as well. How crucial, then, the three points that Mark has salvaged at Le Mans? How crucial are they, do you reckon, for the title? Well, the we all year? know, don't we, that by the end of the year, they could be they could be gold. Yeah, we're going to say, yeah. The, 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 I'll tell you what, those three points could be worth nearly £10 million. Almost, you know, if he wins the championship yep. with bonuses and where it catapults him. So, yeah, it's hard to put a, a value on them. But And we've seen championship, think Danny Kent last year. We know what three points can be worth when you get coming towards Valencia. It's one of the closest championships for some years now, of course, uh, the way it's going on. I mean, where do we see it flattening out? Where do we see any advantage going for any of the top men at the moment? Well, Is I there th any at all this year? No, well, I think this weekend it's Lorenzo's favourite track. He won here last year comfortably. Uh, the same tyres are being used this weekend that, was, they were, that were used in France, which he likes. The slightly softer construction, um, which gives him that little bit of side grip that we know suits his riding style. So... I'm saying that Lorenzo's going to win. He's leading the championship, so he's going to win this weekend. Um, you know, like, I think it's going to, going to go back in his direction. You're a If you're a bookie, you're agreeing with Neil, obviously. I would say that this track, Barcelona, Assen, the three great classic tracks that we have coming up over the next month. Front-endy style tracks, yeah. corner speed style tracks that suit Lorenzo. We saw him win these races yes. last year. So I think what everyone's hoping, I'm saying, that probably the whole paddock is that, that Lorenzo does struddle in, in this I, round or the next can one. Can I throw one name in? Yeah. 
I think Andrea Iannone, yeah. here. 225 mile an hour Ducati down this front straight. Is going to have several points to prove, not least to his home crowd. Honda all at sea here, we would imagine. Ducati, you've just brought us to it really, Jules. I mean, Iannone with that point last year, second place when he pole man last year. First pole. Yeah, of his career. And the highest he's finished is second place, and that was his only year. second place. So second place beat Rossi to two second place as well. He did in indeed, that, you know, in in, in a yeah. fight. Well, talk us through the characteristics and a Mugello, and, and we'll see if we can work from it backwards and see which teams, which riders, it particularly is going to suit. We know Lorenzo's got a great record here. Can I just say, not a Honda? <laughs> well, well, we just you, did. I no, think. well, yeah. <laughs> you, you need horsepower. You need braking stability. But the main thing about this track, it's all front endy. You need it's uh, fast chicanes but it's all about trusting the front on the way in. And that's probably the, what's going to be the mix. That's the great unknown that we're, we're sitting here. We've no idea because of tyres. If the front tyre, if they just get it slightly wrong, we saw eight crashes, was it, in, in Le Mans? And that weren't, it's not classed as an out-and-out front-end uh, track. Mind you, it was only one or two crashes more than the previous year. Yeah, it is right, a bit yeah. of a crash fest there anyway, right the way through all the classes as well. It was a difficult surface. And, of course, can I ask then, you know, it's obviously been chucking it down with rain on the pre-day, the Thursday before um, this week's action. Track's going to be green as grass when they get out there this week. It's going to be green, as in it's going to be slippy, there's going to be no rubber down at all, but the weather forecast looks fine for the three days. So I don't think that's going to play, it's not going to create any issues for anybody, as I see it anyway. Talk about the atmosphere here then. We got away from the track, the side of the track. I mean, there is no place quite like Mugello, is there? We, uh, if, if we had a camera on us now, we're all smiling. <laughs> we said in uh, in France, uh, you know, two weeks ago, we said, I can't wait for Mugello and... We get here, the atmosphere, there is nothing like it. The place will be ramp-packed. The only downside is we will have a very early start on Sunday morning because you... If you try because and, you do. Yeah, but if you, if you leave, if you time it slightly wrong, you're not getting in. You, you literally, we will, you'll, you'll miss your chance to be working because you'll be, I mean, the queues are miles and miles long, aren't they? But what a place this is. Well, they were at the higher car places. I mean, we've all come in on different planes, but I don't know about you, but mine are full of Brits coming to this race meeting. I'm sure yours were too. Yeah, my flight in from Manchester uh, on a Thursday morning, early Thursday morning, Lots and lots of people coming to the race. I came in from London City. That one had a whole load of um, fans from, from England as well coming over. Yeah, I, I flew from uh, Heathrow and it was absolutely round packed. But that was yesterday, I got, and uh, but there was loads of Brits. Okay. It's a special place, isn't it? It's, yes. a, it's one of the best it's of the year, if not the... Yeah. It's got to be Completely. on the bucket list. Yeah. Uh, and then when you've done this, you save up and save up and save Phillip up and Island. go to Phillip Island. No, I know you're going to say that. It's true, though. <laughs> that is a bit of a save up. Uh, Moto2, let's move on to Moto2 then, shall we? Uh, Sam Lowe's championship lead, well, it lasted one round. Well, uh, now it's uh, now he's got some work to do, hasn't he, here? Well, last weekend, last weekend, last race, Le Mans, if you're a front-endy, you're in trouble. It was one for the guys who ride the back end of the bike hard. Well, wasn't it more than that? Didn't we have a, a WP situation versus yeah. Olins? It was more than what you're talking about. It was yeah. a, a real suspension wars there. It was. Which I, Olins did not come out of it well, did they? They lost in, yep. a, in a major way. The, the yep. people that were struggling were on Olins. That said, we've seen Olins be really strong at the other tracks. If you've got to think, these tracks now are, uh, these tracks, these bikes are identical, aren't they? Obviously, we've got the same engines, pretty much all the main men are on the same chassis, on the same tyres. 
but they're on different suspension. And there, there's a difference. And and, yeah. and and that was the issue. And the other people that were running, Sam Lowe's is on all-ins. The other people that were running all-ins had nightmare weekends. Jonas Folger, who crashed, was it five, four times at least? All-ins uh, and, fr- and all front end. So he really... Uh, just signed that deal. Came out for free practice one. Looked like, oh, I'm really excited about the whole weekend now. I've signed my MotoGP deal with Tech 3. And now I'm going to go and blast them all in my... And it looked like he was going to at one point. And then all of a sudden it went wrong, and again, and, and again, again, and again, and again in the race. Yeah. It was yeah, it was a disappointing okay. weekend for him. I thought Sam had the sort of ride under difficult, to put it mildly, circum- mild circumstances, the sort of ride that wins you a world title. Couldn't couldn't agree more. That, okay. they, they, I said to him because I was with him this week in the Isle of Man. I'm like, they are the rides that make the difference. Yeah. That's a class ride, and he's looking at me because he still don't get it, Sam. <laughs> he's still sort of annoyed because he's finished six. He's yeah. almost embarrassed. He's let everyone down. But I'm like, mate, honestly, that was a class ride. Look at Jonas Folger. Look at Jonas uh, Johan Zarco. Yeah, yeah. Genuine title contenders, or men who can mess your title about. They well, had a much, much maybe worse. It's, maybe it's going to be about spoilers at the moment. Rins is the man. He's always going to be the man. Uh, Rins is be leading the anyway, championship, indeed. And the fact is that he's the man that you're going to be watching for. The others may well make great spoilers. Yes. My gut feeling with Rins is he's been in this situation many times before, but when it gets to the point, you know, the last two or three rounds when the maximum pressure's there, he's always made mistakes. So I know that's a we little bit... We used to say that about Zarco. And look what happened yeah, last true, year. Yeah, true, true, <laughs> true. And I know that that's... Yeah, of course I'm biased because I want Sam Lowe to win the World Championship. So I'm, and that's a little bit of me hoping that he doesn't now go on a run and w- win like the next six well, races. Lowe's versus Rins is a fight I'll buy a ticket for. Yeah. <laughs> two total different riding styles. Two total different characters. But we need them to meet on the track, actually. Because they've not really slung it out yet this season. They, you, do you know what I mean? We've not seen them yes. have a scrap yet. Yeah. Well, we know he'd win the scrap. <laughs> yeah, you remember but, t- turn one here last year, <laughs> Sam and Corsi. Was oh it? yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoops, they got a bit tangled, didn't it? Yeah, anyway. that, that was Sam's fault, but he was <laughs> yeah, completely yeah, yeah. blaming Corsi. Yeah. Remember, I do. But on the grounds it was Corsi, nobody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody had a word with him. Moto three back to back wins for Brad Binder at last. He should have won Qatar. He got dragged to the line, of course, but uh, he's un- undone that log jam, hasn't he? He's now looking like the class above anybody else in that field and if he gets a run going it's going to be remember when um, Mark Marquez had his first Moto3 when he put together five on the bounce uh, Marquez's first win was here actually at Mugello I think I'm right in saying and I think I can see Binder going on that sort of run and he's one of them lads from one of them families that uh, he's the right man right kid right time seems to really look like a world champion elect yeah, the only piece of the jigsaw that was missing is can he can he win a race, and once he's done that, which he did, you know, it's uh, and it's just, we talk about it the psychology of racing so many times. It must people must think oh they're repeating themselves again. We say what a difference when you get that first win, that inner whatever it is, that chemical change in your brain, that inner belief, and so it, what was it? It was something like eighty odd Grand Prix. He'd never won a race. He wins his first race in Jerez. Two weeks later, second race. Easily. Different people react to different things, and certainly Brad Binder has made that a real positive. Well, lots to look forward to this weekend for sure. Cheers, lads. Thanks very much for that. Uh, Be sure to download our review podcast following the race here in Mugello. And remember, you can watch every session live this weekend on BT Sport 2. Bye for now.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.